one cool thing about our church is that we are um, connected with people all around the world. And so uh, one thing that we do, and again, we've, we've talked about this even recently, is uh, we support a couple, of, a couple of orphanages in Thailand. We actually support a couple in Cambodia as well, but specifically in Thailand. And uh, we take care of about 55 to 60 uh, orphan kids on the other side of the world, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of churches that are able to do that. And we are connected with them, meaning we are the ones that went and we bought the land. And we are the ones that built the, built the orphanage. And then actually we built the original structure. Um, we probably started this just over less than 15 years ago, but uh, we built the original structures. We've already torn those down and built bigger ones so we can house more kids. And we're the only people, meaning our church family here at Grace, we're the only people that helps take care of these kids. It's not just a bunch of people throw their money in all around the world. No, it's us. It's Grace, you know, it's Grace Community Church. And so I just want to let you guys, just really remind you about that. Um, but uh, with that, we've actually been connected with a bunch of other people, uh, Christians, not a bunch, but a few other Christians in Thailand as well. And uh, Thailand is a heavily non-Christian country, and, uh, but we've been able to connect with a few people through our orphanages. Some of you guys have even been to our orphanages. Um, and some of you guys have been to our orphanages multiple times, but, uh, which is more than me. But, uh, but one thing that we've been able to do, we've, we've connected with uh, some guys who are over there in Thailand, some, some Thai people who are ministering to a group of Burmese refugees, okay? Uh, these are people who came across the border from Burma uh, to Thailand. They are, actually, it's not Burma anymore. I think it's Myanmar is the name of the country, but they border Thailand. And uh, these people are fleeing an oppressive government, and they are in Thailand. And where they live in Thailand, because the Thai people don't really want them there, is they live literally in a trash dump. I've been there. I've seen it. There are, you know, it's just hills and mountains of trash. And these people live in the trash. And they build their little, you know, makeshift shelters out of trash. And there's kids everywhere. And, you know, they, they pick through the trash. It's just, it's just not a great situation. So we've been um, sending money over there to help those people in, in different ways. And really, our main goal isn't just to make their lives better. It's not really what we're about, okay? Our goal is to help them find Jesus, okay? Because that's what matters. And so, so we're doing both. And uh, since COVID-19 hit, these people have been kicked out of Thailand by the Thai government. They're, now they've been forced to go back to Burma and uh, we had a few, we had four boys that we're loosely connected with over there that just a few days ago, they were playing with some rocks. These are like um, young teenage boys. They were playing with some rocks and they accidentally hit a landmine in Burma and it messed them up. Um, one of them's really messed up, you know, uh, with it in their uh, stomach. Uh, I think we got a few pictures uh, just to show you kind of these kids, uh, you know, I think they all um, are having limbs amputated or already were amputated from the mine, I guess. But, uh, but so we are, Burma's a lot different than the United States. We, I don't think, you know, we throw around this word privilege all the time. I don't think we understand how privileged every single one of us are just by living in this country. Um, in Burma, uh, you have to worry about mines and stuff like that. But not only that, you go to the hospital. These four kids were rushed to the hospital. And uh, the hospital doesn't want you there if you can't pay, okay? And so they initially got treated, and I think the hospital has already kicked one of the kids out already and said, well, you can't pay, so, so we, don't, we don't want you here. And so what we've been able to do um, just within the last couple of days is we've been able to send some money 
to them to try to get them back in the hospital so that, you know, we obviously want to try to save their lives. And so I just want to let you guys know, first, I just want to say thank you for giving to us, because when you give to Grace, sure, the majority of the money stays here in Seneca County in Tiffin, Ohio. But because of that, it doesn't go up to some hierarchy or, you know, like a lot of church denominations are. That's not, we're independent. We own our land and stuff like that. So when you give to our church, um, it stays here, but we're able to do some special things, some cool things around the world. And so I just want to let you know, this is one thing that we're doing here just the last couple days because you guys have been able to give and to make that possible. So I just want to say thank you, and we'll keep you guys updated on how these, you know, what, how these guys end up, and, uh, and if you would continue to, pr- you know, start praying for that, we'd appreciate that. All right? Nothing like starting off on a high note, right? All right. Um, we have been in our series called Dumb Things Smart People Believe, and what we've been talking about, we've been going through just some common things that a lot of us have grown up believing, in, or that we've all heard, and we've all been taught by our culture, and, uh, and a lot of them just aren't true. And so um, we've been going through this, and, and while um, one thing that I've encountered while talking to non-religious, and, or let's say generally religious, and probably you've encountered this too, is the idea that many ways lead to God. How many of you have heard that before? How many of you have heard of someone say that or heard that idea? Okay, yeah, you know, I'm assuming most of us, if not all of us, have heard that. Um, our culture and this is really hot in our culture right now. Our culture wants to say, hey, yeah, 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 you're good with God. You know, you believe in, you, you go to church or mosque or, you know, whatever it might be, the temple. You know, you, you think, you know, if you want to get to God, just follow your religion. Because there's many paths that lead to God. Like all religions are basically teaching the same thing. So it doesn't really matter which one you follow, whichever one, you know, your heart tells you. Um, and so while this sounds so inclusive, and it feels so right to us, and it sounds, so, it sounds so good, the reality is that it's all rooted in our feelings. It's rooted in our emotions. Right? It's how we feel. It's what we, it's what we feel we want to be right. Because none of us like the idea of hell, okay? A place that the Bible teaches and that most other religions teach as well. None of us like that idea. And because we don't like the idea of hell, what our culture has done, we've chosen to, we've chosen to not believe in hell. And so we reason in our mind, saying, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, we all want to be together in this. We all want to, you know, we all want to, um, you know, coexist together and, and be happy with each other. So, so we reason it doesn't matter which religion you pick because they all teach similar lessons. But that's actually just convenient for us. And that's not true. It's not what the Bible says is true. And it's actually the opposite of what Jesus said the night before his death. You guys remember that? It's in the upper room. We, we've gone through this. Yeah, a lot of times you hear this uh, story at, at Easter. Jesus, he's with his disciples. He's with his crew. They're in the, they're in the second story, um, just in a big room above someone's house. And they're up there celebrating the Passover, which was a religious holiday that the Jewish people um, celebrate. And so he's up there, and they're, they're having a meal together. And Jesus knows what's about to happen to him because in just, in just a few hours, Jesus is going to be put to death on a cross, a gruesome death. But the disciples, they're clueless. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going to happen. And Jesus has just got done telling them that he's leaving. Right? He's like, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm leaving. Um, it's going to be okay. And Peter, you guys remember Peter, right? We've talked about Peter. He was like the boisterous one. Peter's like, like the guy who just lets it all out. He doesn't think necessarily before he talks. He says what's on his mind. You guys know some people like that. Some of you are people like that. Okay? All right? <laughs> 
Peter. He's just like, whoa, 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 Jesus, you, you can't tell us that you're leaving. Like, where, 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 are you, where are you going? What are you saying? Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm leaving, and Peter, you can't come with me. And Peter's like, whoa, Jesus, no way. All right, that, no, that's not going to work. Peter, Jesus, I'm with you. All right, I'm with you to the end. Jesus, you can't get rid of me. Even if I have, even if I have to die, I'll be willing to die, but I'm, I'm sticking with you. Like, ride or die, Jesus, I, I'm here. You can't get rid of me. And right then, Jesus, he turns to Peter. Remember this? He turns to Peter, and he's just like, Peter, before tomorrow morning, you know, before the morning, you're going to deny me, not once, not twice, but you're going to deny that you even know me three different times. And I think we can all imagine, right, the uh, awkward silence. We've been there before where someone says something that might be culturally, in a sense, unacceptable or just awkward. And, and uh, you know, you just don't really know what to say. And probably at that point, Peter's like, I guess I'll sit down now, you know. Um, Jesus, why do you have to tell everybody? You know, I don't know what... Peter, but it's probably super awkward because he just says, Peter, you're going to deny me up to three times right after Peter's like, no, nah, I'll die for you. This is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm with you, Jesus. You know, he's just a silence. See, what we don't understand a lot of times is that the Jewish people, they are waiting for this person who is called the Messiah. That's what the Old Testament calls it. Messiah just means Savior. They are waiting for the Savior that God promises them through the Old Testament saying, hey, I'm going to send you somebody and he's going to save you. And so all the Jewish people, they're thinking politically because they haven't been a nation by themselves. They've been ruled by other nations for hundreds and hundreds of years. First you had Babylon, then you had uh, the Persians, then you had Greece, then you had Rome. They just, they're just constantly, you know, the, the getting, getting ruled by these other nations. And they're not independent. They can't be by themselves. You know, they're, they're stuck there. They're being ruled by other people. And uh, these people are thinking politically. They're like, oh, this Savior, this Messiah is going to come, and he's going to save us politically, and that's going to be awesome. We get to be a country again. We get to have our king again or make our own decisions again. We don't have to, we don't have to pay taxes to an oppressive, you know, terrible you know, ruler. We, we get to, to kind of do our own thing. And so they're waiting for this Messiah. See, they don't understand that God is coming, and he is coming to save them from something so much more important than politically. He's coming to save them from themselves, to save them from their sin. And these disciples, Peter, James, John, you know, all these guys, they believe they found him. The person that their ancestors have been waiting for for hundreds of years. And so they are pumped. And they've left everything. They've left their, their homes. They've left their jobs. They've left their cultural norms. You know, they, they, they've left, you know, they sacrificed their family time to be with this Jesus guy because he is the Messiah. And they're banking on the fact that Jesus is going to overthrow Rome. And now Jesus is talking about leaving that doesn't sound right. That's why Peter stands up. That's why he's saying, he's like, whoa, Jesus, what, what are you talking about? You know, he can't leave. That's not the plan. And so we see the disciples, they're like, they're kind of freaking out right here. And this is what Jesus says. He says in John 14, uh, verse 1, he says, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, let me stop right there for a second. I just want to point out, just real quick, this is like a side thing to the message. This isn't really what I want to talk about today. But I just want to point out the character of God. All right? Some of you may be new and you're like, he can't even get through one verse. Come on. But uh, let me just point something out here, the character of. See, if I were Jesus, in Jesus' position at this moment, on this night, 
I'd be a little agitated, okay? I'm talking to the disciples. I'm telling them that I'm leaving. You know, I've been with them for the last three years. And uh, think about it. I'm the one who's about to get slaughtered the next day. Like, I'm the one who's about to go through this horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. And the disciples, they're standing there just like, uh, what do you mean, Jesus? That'd be, that'd be a little frustrating to me. All right, Peter's like, huh? And we're going to get to Thomas in a second. He's just like, wait, what are you talking about? And then we'll get to Philip even later. And he's just like, what, huh? You know, I'll just be like, are you kidding me? Like, don't you remember when I told the dead guy that he wasn't allowed to be dead anymore? All right, don't you remember when I stood up in, in that boat and I told the sea to shut up or the storm to shut up? Don't you remember that uh, when we had 5,000 people listening to me talk and we didn't have any food and then you went and brought me that kid's lunch and I took that kid's lunch and I fed everybody? Like, don't you remember? Don't you trust me? Like, what are you, what are you nervous about? Like, I'm the one who's about to get slaughtered. I'm the one who's about to go through this terrible thing. Like, like why are you making this about you? That's how I would respond. That's not how Jesus responds. Jesus, he's not agitated. And instead of a lecture, Jesus shows them compassion. Even though the Bible tells us that Jesus' own spirit is troubled. And that his own heart is troubled. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Like, like, of all the nights, I would have been, you know, it would have been uh, most appropriate for his followers to give him emotional support and to give him spiritual support. Yet he is still the one who gives and comforts and instructs. Like, that's the God I serve, by the way. That's the Jesus that I like. That's, that's who Jesus is, and that's, that's one of the many reasons why I choose to serve him. But, but this is what, so this is what Jesus says. Back to the verse. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Okay, we got that. Uh, believe in God, but believe also in me. In my Father's house, he starts talking about this. In my Father's house, there are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. All right, real quick, um, he's talking about, this is a little confusing, and it's like, well, what's he saying exactly? Um, what Jesus is doing, he's, he's saying, hey, he's talking about his father's house, which is heaven. He's saying, hey, in my father's house, there's, there's many rooms. I'm about to go. I'm going to prepare a place for you. But there's some cultural stuff that we got to understand here that goes along with this that Jesus is appealing to, that these guys totally understand, and that's this. See, in their culture, what a young man would do when he was a teenager or so, he, is, he would leave his father's house. He would go to a different land. He would find himself a wife, and then they would get engaged and then he would go back to his father's house. He would leave her, go back to his father's house, and he would start adding on to his father's house. He would add on a room or, let's say, an apartment, okay, if that makes sense. And so that's what would happen. And uh, as soon as he would finish that, which the bride, the um, fiancé, she, she wouldn't know when that would be because it would depend on how big or I don't know how big the house is or how long it takes him to do it. But when that was finished, then he would go back to get his, to get his bride, and then he would take her home to, uh, you know, to her new house. Now, some of you guys are parents, and you're like, glad we threw that, you know, tradition out the window. You'd be stuck with your sons forever, okay, and their families. They live in your house. Uh, but, uh, but that's how they do it. And so what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, hey, all right, check this out. 
All right, this is, this is what's happening. All right, just like some of you disciples, remember how you met your, met your wife just how, you know, and you went back home and now you live with your parents and, and in your father's house? He's like, just like you guys left your fiance and went to build on this room to your father's house, he's like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to go to my father's house and I'm going to build this place for you and then I'm going to come back for you when you least expect it. And disciples, they hear this, they're just like, huh? <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? We, we don't get what you're saying, Jesus, in verse 5. Next verse. He says, Lord, Thomas said, he says, we don't know where you're going. Right? How can we know the way? Thomas is like, Jesus, you're always like, Speaking in riddles and stuff. What are you saying? You're like, I don't exactly know what you're saying. And then she says, Jesus told him, he says, I am the way. Now, he could have stopped right there and just said, I am. All right, we've talked about I am before, okay? This is the name for God. This is where um, Moses, in the, in the wilderness, before he, God's calling Moses to go back to the Israelite people who have been slaves in, in Egypt for 400 years and uh, he, he calls Moses, he's like, hey, I want you to go. And Moses is like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not a good talker. Like, what if they ask me, like, what God sent you? What do you want me to say? Like, do you even have a name? And, and God just says, he says, I am who I am. You go tell him that I am who I am sent you. It's the name for God. It's powerful. It's the same name that Jesus calls himself um, when he's with the religious leaders um, before he's out doing his ministry and He's with his religious leaders, and he says, I am. And as soon as he says that, they pick up stones to kill him on the spot because they're like, we know exactly what you're doing. You're claiming to be God, and you're just a man. These are the same words that in just a few short hours, Jesus, he's going to be praying in the garden, because, and he's going to be sweating blood. And he's going to be, his heart's going to be troubled because he knows what's about to happen next. He's going to die on the cross, and then this mob is going to come into the garden. They're going to say, hey, 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 we're here to arrest that Jesus guy. Where's that Jesus guy? And Jesus is going to step forward. He's going to say, I am he. And as soon as he says that, the Bible tells us that they fall down on the ground like a sci-fi movie. Because of the power that's in that name. See, Jesus, he could have just and he could have just said, I am. But he goes on. He says, he, he says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth. One of the most famous verses in the Bible. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, if you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him. And you have seen him. See, what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, hey, guys, stop freaking out, right? Thomas, Peter, calm down, right? He's like, he's like I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's saying, I am God, and I am the only way. By the way, do you see the problem with just Jesus' statement right here? Um, do you see the problem with believing that all religions basically teach the same thing? You see the issue with this? Now, it's not, Jesus is not saying, hey, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of the ways. Cool, you should follow me. Pick my way. You know, pick me. It's not what Jesus is saying. He's like, no, no, actually, guys, I'm the only way. Right? It's the problem. There's a problem there with, with saying that there's many paths to God. Like, I'm not trying to be offensive when I say this, and that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But that position, I'm just throwing this out there, is a very uneducated position 
right? It's a very uneducated uh, uh, position, and, and I'll quickly show you that. Let's, let's look at Islam, for example, okay? A lot of us, we've, you know, we've all heard of Islam. We've heard of the Quran. This is what the Quran said in the, says in the Al-Madah, uh, chapter 5, verse 72. He says, uh, this is part of the Quran. They says, they have certainly disbelieved who say, Allah is the Messiah, the son of Mary. He's talking about Jesus here. Why the Messiah has said, O children of Israel, worship Allah, my Lord, and your God. He says, indeed, he who associates others with Allah, they're talking about Jesus, Allah has forbidden him paradise, and his refuge is the fire, and there are not for the wrongdoers any helper. Now, that's a little wordy, and this is a little complicated, but this is, and let me just summarize that for you. This is what the Quran says about Jesus. It says, anyone who believes that Jesus is God goes to hell. And there's nothing anybody else, anybody can do to help them. That's what that's saying. Right? That's, what, that's what Islam says. See, the Quran says, hey, if you, believe in, if you believe that Jesus is God, you go to hell. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you don't believe that I'm God, you're going to hell. See, they're saying the two opposites. Jesus is saying, I am the way, I'm the truth, I am the life, like I am God. And there's people out there, right, maybe even some in here, that have this belief that, that both are right, but that can't be. It's impossible for them both to be right because they say the opposite thing. It's like a Hinduism uh, for a sec- second. In the Bhagavad Gita, this is a, a scriptural text in Hinduism. It says, those who are not faithful on the path of devotional service cannot attain me. O conqueror of foes, but return to birth and death in this material world. Basically, what Hinduism is all about is, hey, you need to do all these rituals. Do this, do this, do this. And once you, you know, once you do enough rituals, you, get the right, you do the right stuff, that's how you get to God. Which, by the way, is the opposite of what Jesus has taught us. Jesus is like, it's not about doing good stuff. It's not about doing you know, a certain amount of stuff or meeting this, this standard. It's not what it's about. Where Hinduism is saying, no, that is what it's about. See, in Hinduism, not only is the path different to God, but the end result is different. See, Hinduism teaches, teaches that um, you can only, let's say, get to heaven, or really it's called achieve moksha, all right, which is, it's not necessarily heaven. It's almost like a state of your soul where your soul becomes divine. It's kind of hard to understand. Um, but uh, they would say, until one receives moksha, which for them is hardly anybody does this. It's only like monks who have been dedicated their lives to, to um, you know, to, to getting there, to receiving moksha. Um, they say, until you do that, you're just born and reborn and reborn and reborn. You know, it's, uh, you just come back, come back, you die and come back as something else. And, and what you come back as depends on your karma, meaning it depends on how you lived your past life. And so for them, they would say, you know, you could come back and, you know, if you don't achieve moksha in this life, you'll come back and maybe you'll come back as a cow, all right? Um, and some of you guys might think, oh, well, that sounds disrespectful. That's also a very uneducated position because cows are cool to Hinduism. I mean, this is, like you want to be a cow, all right? I, uh, I had a friend who was a Hindu in college. He was from Nepal. And, um, you know, he was like, like cows are sacred, okay? Cows are like almost divine. They're almost like gods in Hinduism. Cows were, you know, you wanted to someday hopefully come back and be a cow, which isn't what I'm about. But uh, I'm glad Christianity isn't, I'm glad Jesus didn't teach us that. But, um, but that's, that's, that's what you want to be, right? He would always say, don't eat beef, eat buff, all right? Water buffalo. I don't know what the difference between the two is because I view them as basically the same kind of animal, but apparently there's a big difference to them. They can't both be right. What Jesus says and what Hinduism says, they say the exact opposite thing. 
They cannot both be right. Let's look at uh, Buddhism in the, in the Dhammapada, uh, chapter 20, verse 274. All right, it says, Buddhism is the only path. Yeah, right? the only path. There is none other for the purification of insight. All right, this is what, you know, Buddhism is like, hey, no, you have to go through Buddhism. It's not, you can't just pick any path that you want. It's only one path. And they're saying in their path is what's right. Now, usually you don't go into a Christian church and you get the Quran, you get the, you get the Almadah, you get the Dhammapada, you get all this in one sermon. So you guys are super lucky uh, today at a Christian church, okay? But uh, let's look at Judaism. All right, Judaism, all right, Judaism, what, the, what do they believe? They're still waiting for the Messiah. They're still waiting for the Savior who's going to come save them. They're still waiting for Jesus. I mean, they, they reject Jesus. Actually, Judaism would say, hey, if you believe that Jesus was God, you believe that Jesus was actually the Messiah, you will go to hell. They've missed it. Jesus came and they rejected him. See, to say that all religions are correct is to say that all religions are wrong because they say opposite things. And what you've done is you've made up your own religion to make yourself, you know, to make yourself feel good. And, and all for inclusivity, you know, you've rejected six billion people who believe one of them. See, it doesn't work. The logic doesn't make any sense. I remember um, for a summer in college, I worked in Chicago. I worked as an intern at a church plant in uh, the city of Chicago. And there's like six of us interns, so it was was college students, so it was fun. And uh, what we would do is, you know, you wouldn't drive around Chicago because that would take forever. You'd take the train or what we'd call the L, all right, the elevated train, which is, it's like, if any of you guys don't know what it is, like a, it's almost like a subway, you know, train that rides, you know, two stories up on a on an elevated track, but then it does go underground sometimes, so it is kind of a subway too. It's, it, anyway, so uh, what we would do, that stuff doesn't matter. What we would do is, uh, you know, we would try to go somewhere, whether it was downtown, the airport, or let's say Wrigley Field or something like that. What we would do is, you know, especially when we were first starting off, we'd all get like in a train, and we'd be those people who'd be standing looking up at the map, you know, and the map was confusing. Actually, the map is this, okay? So you look at this, and you're just like, dude, there's lines everywhere. And they're all different colors. They're kind of hard to see, but you got, you know, you got purple, yellow, red, brown, you know, blue, green, orange, pink. You know, you got all these lines. And it's just like, uh, I don't know exactly what line. So you're looking. And what would happen is um, you would have, sometimes you'd have somebody who knows the area and who knows how to get to where you want to go. Just say, hey, where are you trying to go? And, you know, we're like the tourists. Like, uh, we're trying to go to Wrigley Field, let's say. And what they would do, they say, oh, what you need, you need the red line. That'll take you right to Wrigley. Okay, thanks. Now, you know what I didn't do? I didn't say, man, don't redline me. You come in here with all your closed-mindedness, thinking that it's only the red line. You don't do that, right? I don't say, man, you, t- you know, what if I want to take the green line? What if I want to take the green line to Wrigley? Like, like uh, you know, what if I want to do that? You think that the only way is the red line? Man, don't redline me. No, I wouldn't do that, right? No, it'd be like, hey, thanks, appreciate it. I don't know the way, and you know the truth, All right? Let's say it's a hypothetical situation. Let's, let's, uh, let's make this a little more intense, okay? Let's say I'm dying, and I'm on the train, all right? And I'm looking up at the map, and I, you know, I don't have much time left, and, and I'm looking at it, and some guy comes up, and he sees that, obviously, I'm dying, so I'm having a bad day. And uh, he feels bad for me. 
you know, he just comes up and he puts his arm around me. He's like, hey, man, where are you trying to go? What's, what's up? And I'm like, I'm trying to go to the nearest hospital. And he's like, ah, and he feels compassion for me. But he's like, you know what? Just pick any line. Whatever line you want, they'll all get you to the nearest hospital. You know, and he's doing that because he doesn't want to offend me or, you know, give me bad news. And I'm just like, all right, thanks, man. And I take the blue line. And what ends up happening is I get farther away from the hospital by taking the wrong line. Now, my family, let's say I died, okay? My family members, all right, my friends and family, you know, would they consider that very loving? Let's say they're mourning my death, okay? Some of you guys are like, well, I don't know. You know, would, uh, come on, people, I'm likable, right? <laughs> but let's say, you know, let's say they're, they're, they're like, oh, Zach died, bummer. You know, it, would they view that as very loving, what he did? Like, the guy did it from, from a loving way. He's like, you know, I'm doing this because I don't want to offend him. I don't want him to think that, that his way is wrong. And, and so, you know, I want him to, I want him to, to do what he wants. And, but, but even though he had the truth, of course that's not loving. Just because the reason is for love, the whole action is actually not loving at all. See, that is the belief that there are many ways to God because it's just not true. And so going around and saying, you know, well, you know, what you believe, that's, that's fine for you. Or, you know, what's truth for you might be truth for, you know, isn't necessarily truth for me. And that's, but that's good. That's good. You know, that, that's not correct because there is only one way, Jesus is saying. You know, sometimes I wonder. You know, I, I used to wonder this a lot, like in high school and in college, where I was around more, like, non-save people, and I had a lot of friends who um, weren't Christians by any means. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes I would just wonder, like, okay, my friend, let's say Adam, you know, he's going to, he, he, he's rejecting God, he's going to grow up, and, you know, he's going to, he's, someday at the end of his life, he's going to die, and he's going to go to hell. And I just wonder, you know, is he going to be sitting in hell for eternity going, why did, not, why did Zach not tell me which line to take? Like, he knew the truth. He knew which way to go. Why didn't he bother to tell me? You guys ever wonder that sometimes? Like, this isn't just me, all right? We all know people who aren't going, who aren't Christians and, and don't have a relationship or never have started a relationship with God. But do you ever wonder that sometimes? If your family and friends, that they're, you know, are they going to spend eternity in hell thinking, why didn't they tell me the truth? See, that's why it's so important that we do what Jesus tells us to do when we're supposed to be going out and reaching people. That's why we're in Thailand. That's why we're trying to minister, uh, we're trying to help these four boys. Um, I know that, uh, that two of these boys were connected with us, and two of them are, come from Christian families. I don't know necessarily when they became Christian. Maybe it's from, it's from us. Maybe they come, be, have become a Christian since, we've, since we sent Thai people there to, to teach them, to explain the gospel. I'm not 100% sure. But we know two of them are Buddhists. Well, why, why are we helping them? Just so they can live longer? which is good. No, not necessarily. It's not just that. It's so that they can find Jesus. That's all that matters. Because Jesus says, I am the only way to God because I am God. 
See, it's funny. I think, you know, we, we believe that, oh, this is a new idea, you know, for us. And it's a really good idea that, you know, basically all religions are equal and they basically teach the same thing. And, and we think that we're like the first ones who have come up with that. Now, this is exactly what they believed in Rome during the time that Jesus is saying this. Right? It's like we think for some reason, I don't know why this is, but we look back on history and we think we're so superior from people that have lived before us. I don't know if it's because we got better technology or we have easier lives. I don't know why we do this, but we're the, the reality is we're the same, okay? We're the same people. We do different things. We live in a different culture, but, but we're the same. It's not like we're better by any means. But these people, they thought the same thing. We think that, uh, you know, oh, those... Uh, those people back then, they, you know, they heard about Jesus, and they, these people came teaching about Jesus is the only way, and, and he was saying things like, hey, you need to love your neighbors, you love yourself, and he was saying things like, like, uh, like he was, they were dying for him, and we need to be a good person, and, and all this stuff, and he was our savior, you know, that all sounds pretty good, so I'm going to follow that Jesus. Like, we think that it was, hey, I'm going to stop following the fish God, and I'm going to follow Jesus, because the fish God, you know, doesn't sound nearly as cool as this, as this Jesus guy. He's done a lot for me. And so we think that they switch from fish God to Jesus, but that's not how it was. It's not, it's not accurate. See, Rome had built society based on this very idea that all religions are equal. See, what Rome would do is they would go into a country, they'd conquer it, like they conquered almost everybody, and these people would, would have different faiths. They would have different religions. They would worship some fake God, and they would go in and say, hey, you guys could still worship your God. That's cool with us. And then they would go over here, and they would conquer, conquer this country. They'd say, oh, you guys could still worship your God. That's cool with us, and you guys can worship your God, and you guys can worship your God. Because what they, but what they did not allow was for anybody to say their God was superior than the other gods. Because the way they reasoned it, the way they rationalized it, and historians tell us this, that um, they felt like that these people, if they thought that their God was superior than the other gods, then they would think that they should be the ruling class, that they should be the ones to rule. And it stands to reason that they would be correct. And so Rome would go around to keep the peace. They would say, hey, you guys worship your God. You guys worship your God. Yours God, your God. Okay, that's all cool. But you cannot say that your God's better than the other gods. That's the situation that, these, that Christianity was born into. See, the reasons for doing what they were doing may, have been, or may be different than what we're doing today. To them, it was keep the peace and keep the power. And for us, it's like we don't want to offend anybody. Oh, you know, we don't want them to be mad at us. See, the reasons are different, but the thinking is the exact same. Actually, not long after Jesus' death, Peter, he's out there teaching in public, and he actually is with John. He's out there preaching. He's preaching that Jesus is the only way. That's what Jesus taught us. And in Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter and John, they get arrested, we see, and they go before trial and they go to court. And this is what Peter tells them in Acts chapter 4. He says, there is salvation in no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people by which he, we must be saved. Peter's saying, hey, look. All right, guys. Like, I, don't, I, I don't believe these things because I feel like I'm superior than you. I'm morally better. I'm a, I'm a better person than you. That's not why I believe. I'm, Peter, you know, he would say, I'm just a barely educated high school dropout fisherman from Galilee. That's who I am. But all I know is that a guy came back from the dead and he told us what the deal was. And so I'm going with him. So I'm going to believe that guy. See, it's not arrogance. It's just taking Jesus at his word. 
See, that's what Christianity is, and that is very, very, very different from all the other world religions. See, religion is not what Christianity is meant to be. Religion is a set of standards, a set of, like, a list of stuff that you got to do to get to heaven. Hey, you do all this stuff, or you, you reach this goal, or you reach this standard, then, then you're good. We call that moralistic deism. Okay, that's what it is. You got to be good enough, and if you're good enough, then you can be accepted. That's not what true Christianity is. Now, there's a lot of churches that call themselves Christian churches that teach the same thing. Do all this stuff. But true Christianity It's not a religion, it's a relationship. It's an individual relationship. And true Christianity teaches, this is what Jesus taught us, you can't do enough. I can't do enough good. We can't reach the standard. The Bible teaches us that we are terrible at doing good. We think we're good. We think we're generally good. The Bible says the exact opposite. But even though... Jesus made a way. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. He's saying, I am God. And that's truth, whether we choose to believe it or not. We understand that, right? Like, just because, you know, we don't believe something, that doesn't mean that it's not true. Okay? We actually have no factor necessarily on what truth is. Um, let me do something a little bit different for just a second, just to wrap up. All right. Um, everybody participate. Help me out here. Okay. Let's all, let's all close our eyes real quick. All right. Close your eyes. Some of you guys are looking at me. I see you. <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. And real quick, just hold up your pointer finger. It doesn't have to be real high. You know, just normal. Okay. Pointer finger. Now, on the count of three, what I want you to do is I want you to point due north. Right? One, two, three. Okay, you guys are all over the place. All right, you guys can open your eyes, but, but look around. Everybody's all over the place. All right? Some of you guys, you're pointing, okay? And you're just like, you know, you're pointing over here. I saw a lot of you guys pointing over here, including my wife. I saw you. <laughs> you're, pointing, you're pointing over here, and you're like, and you're like I'm not too sure, but I think, I think, that's, I think that's north, right? But, but I'm, not, I'm not here to say, like, nobody else is wrong, but, but I think that's north, right? Still wrong, right? Some of you guys, you're pointing over here, and you're, like, adamant. You're, like, oh, I know this one. Like, I know. I 100% believe this way, this way is north. But that doesn't make it true, right? Just because we believe in something, that doesn't make it, that doesn't make it truth, right? North is actually that way at an angle because this building is at an angle, which really drives me crazy sometimes. The 224 is at an angle, Ugh, hate that, but, uh, but north is that way. But to point due north, right? See, some of us, we got it right in the general direction. It's in the general direction, but even pointing in the general direction isn't correct because the farther out you get, the more off you become. See, pointing in the general direction doesn't really help either. That doesn't mean that's true. See, there's only one line, and it's a fine line for us to take. That's what Jesus is telling us. He's saying there's only one truth. And Jesus is saying, I am that truth. And I am the only way. And I am the only life. See, he's saying it's impossible for all religions to be true. It, it just can't happen. 
because they say opposite things. And so it's physically, you know, it's, it's impossible for that to be true. So there are not many paths that lead to God. And there aren't a bunch of different ways. See, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the only way. He's saying, hey, there's only one way. There's only one line. And coming close means you're off. It's not about coming close or you're really far away. He's like, it's that line or nothing. He says, there's only one way. And he's like, I'm it. So one thing I think we ignore sometimes is, isn't it cool that Jesus told us? They didn't have to. A lot of times we have the understanding that like, I don't know, God owes me something because I'm kind of good sometimes. This is not the case. God doesn't owe us anything. But he came down to tell us that, that message, that there is hope and we can have freedom and that there is a way to God and that he is that way because he was God. He didn't have to tell us, but he came to show us. And he didn't just tell us, he showed us. He backed up his talk by dying for us just a few short hours after he has this conversation with the disciples. And it wasn't like an easy death. The Bible says he poured out his wrath on himself. The punishment that we deserve for everything we've ever done wrong, he poured it out on himself and he took it. That's the God I worship. I don't worship God just because I think, you know, Jesus, I don't believe in Jesus is God just because, you know, that's what, you know, I, I believe or that's what I heard growing up or whatever. All I'm doing I'm just taking Jesus at his word. That's what Christianity is. Let's pray. God, we, um, we thank you for teaching us this. God, you're the only way. There's, not, there's a bunch of different ways or a bunch of different paths for us to get, get to heaven. That's not, that's not true. That's not truth. It's impossible for that to be true. God, we thank you for telling us, or at least allowing everybody in this room this morning to hear the truth, whether we accept it or not. God, you've given us all the opportunity. Lord, we thank you for truth. We thank you that truth isn't objective, where we just come up with whatever we feel like. God, we thank you for dying for us and caring about us, enough to die for us, and not just teaching us, but showing us, demonstrating your love for us. And God, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.